This is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Coming up, scores and reports from across the state and analysis from David Shelton. The scoreboard is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Relax, you're with Founders. Now your host for the high school scoreboard, Phil Kornblut. And good evening, everybody. Welcome into the high school football scoreboard here on the Sports Talk Media Network, brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Great to have you with us on this Friday night. Hope you got a chance to get out and watch some high school football tonight because we're getting down to those final games and those final teams still involved in football in 2023 in South Carolina, of course, the goal is to win a state championship. The goal is to be practicing on Thanksgiving week, and the winners tonight will be doing just that, practicing on Thanksgiving week, getting ready for the upper and lower state finals next week. So we have got a fairly large number of scores in at this point. Uh, David Shelton will be joining us uh, here in a little bit to add his uh, expertise, his analysis uh, we'll have plenty of reporters calling in with uh, with games uh, being played tonight across South Carolina. Okay, so we look forward to bringing it all with you uh, tonight here on the High School Football Scoreboard uh, brought to you by uh, Founders Federal Credit Union. So let's begin with the scores that we do have in. And you got to feel like, you got to feel like Dutch Fork and the coaching staff over there, Tom Knotts, they're like the cat that ate the canary because, you know, they had their struggles during the regular season early on, and they were written off by a lot of people. Uh, they had uh, some significant uh, lineup changes, quarterback issues, and here they are. They're going to play for a, a spot in the state championship game next week. Dutch Fork beats Gaffney, and it wasn't even close, 35-10, to 10, the final score. So, Dutch Fork advances with a solid home win over Gaffney tonight, 35-10. to Their opponent next week, J.L. Mann. Who saw that coming uh, at the beginning of the season? Maybe a few people with deep knowledge might have seen J.L. Mann coming together and having this kind of season. J.L. Mann beats Hillcrest tonight, 21-13. to So J.L. Mann and Dutch Fork will play for the Upper State 5A Championship next week and a spot in the state championship game the following weekend in Orangeburg at Orangeburg uh, at, uh, at South Carolina State University. Dutch Fork 35, Gaffney 10, J.O. Mann 21, Hillcrest 13. White Knoll Sumter, Carolina Forest Somerville. Uh, we'll update those games for you here uh, coming up. What we've got final in 4A, both in the lower state. And you got to tip your cap to the Lancaster Bruins. This was a team that did not have a good regular season. They had one win. That's what got them in the playoffs. Then they went on the road, uh, and they won two games. And it put them on the road tonight against the Bruins of South Florence, the defending state champions. They gave them a battle. Final score, South Florence 42, Lancaster 22. So, again, you have to credit Lancaster for uh, hanging in there and putting up a fight. 42-22, respectable from their standpoint. South Florence advances to play Irmo. What a year the Yellow Jackets are having. 
They had a big win tonight over James Island. Final score of 34-7. to That's a big offensive night against a team with an excellent defense in James Island. But Irmo also playing great defense and limited James Island to just the touchdown. 34-7, Irmo over James Island. South Florence, 42-22 over Lancaster. Other two games, Greenville Northwestern and Westside Midland Valley. We'll update those momentarily. To the 3A ranks in the upper state, Daniel continues to win, and they defeat Chester 49-20. 49-20, Lions over Cyclones tonight. That's upper state. In the lower state, here comes Camden. Camden advancing, defeating Gilbert. Another close one, 35-28 there. Camden over Gilbert, 35-28. Belton Honeypath, Clinton, and Brooklyn Casey Crestwood, the other two games in the 3A. We'll update those in a moment. Let's go to the 2A bracket where Abbeville moves on. The Panthers, they defeat Silver Bluff 16-6. That's in the upper state. We will update Strom Thurmond and Gray Collegiate uh, momentarily. In the lower state, Hampton County, first year of existence. And they are moving on to the lower state finals. They beat Andrew Jackson 37-21. They will face Oceanside Collegiate. Oceanside Collegiate, big win tonight over Barnwell, 43-6. To the 1A bracket. And Christ Church, a winner over Blackville Hilda in the upstate, 27-7. Christ Church over Blackville Hilda, 27-7. The opponent is going to be, was going to be somebody nearby, a neighboring uh, rival. It's going to be either St. Joseph's or Southside Christian, and it turns out it's going to be St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's beat Southside Christian 27-14. So next week, Christ Church and Southside Joseph, uh, St. Joseph's will get together. In the lower state, Johnsonville, Lamar, Bamberg, Earhart, and Cross. We'll update those scores in a moment. In the Skiza playoffs, these are championships. Now they're having this weekend for Skiza, and Hammond has done it again. Seven straight Skiza championships for the Skyhawks. They had a battle tonight, but they beat Lawrence Manning 28-21. Hammond over Lawrence Manning 28-21. And we've got the eight-man championship game being played tonight as well. That's Holly Hill Academy and Jefferson Davis. We'll update that in a moment. Uh, Tomorrow at Charleston Southern University. For 3A, you've got Wilson Hall and Hilton Head Christian. For 2A, Bethesda Academy against Williamsburg Academy. And 1A, Lee Academy against Patrick Henry. All right, now let's take a look at uh, and see if we have any other finals to come in to uh, tell you about. Yes, yes, we do. So in 5A, Lower State, Somerville and Carolina Forest, high-scoring game here, and Somerville advances. Somerville advances 63-35. 6335 Somerville over Carolina Forest so the Green Wave rolls on uh, to play in the uh, Lower State Championship that Lower State Championship opponent will be White Knoll and what a year White Knoll is having they dispatched Sumter High tonight 35 to 7 7 White Knoll over Sumter and 6335 Somerville over Carolina Forest so in 5A the state semifinals or upper and lower state finals are set. 
Dutch Fork and J.L. Mann in the upper state, White Knoll and Somerville in the lower state. Okay, let's see what else we've got in here. In 3A, how about this? Belton Honeypath defeats Clinton. Got to be one of the biggest wins in BHP history. BHP over Clinton, 27-24. And that's in the 3A upper state. So BHP advances 27-24 and will face Daniel next week for the upper state championship. 27-24. BHP defeats Clinton tonight. Okay, and let's see what else we've got here. As far as maybe some in-progress scores we can pass along to you as we try to bring you as much info at the top of the program as we can. Uh, as Some of these games are, are still ongoing as we speak, uh, as far as I can tell. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, those are all finals. That's a final. Okay, ooh. Uh, fourth quarter. What about this game? West Side. They're in the fourth quarter. West Side 68, Midland Valley 53. 68 53. What a shootout there. And that is in the uh, 4A Upper State. Uh, so right now, West Side and Midland Valley, they're having a big offensive night, and West Side has the upper hand 68 53. On the other side of the bracket in the upper state, Greenville High in the fourth quarter has a 42-28 lead on Northwestern. And they're playing in Rock Hill. 42-28 right now, Greenville over Northwestern. So if those uh, leads hold up, you'll have Westside and Greenville meeting in the upper state final. Okay, in 3A. In the fourth quarter, in 3A, in the lower state, 3A, the one score we don't have as a final. In the fourth quarter, Brooklyn Casey with 53 and Crestwood 27, 53-27. Right now, B.C. over Crestwood. That would seem to be an insurmountable lead at this point in the fourth quarter. So the Bearcats would be moving on if they hold on. They'd be moving on to play Camden as things stand right now. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we've got here as far as uh, games in progress. Let's see here. Gray Collegiate and Strom Thurman. Do we have this as a final now, 35-31? Yes, yes. So Gray Collegiate defeats Strom Thurman, 35-31. Gray Collegiate, this is in the two-way playoffs. We had it 35-28 earlier. Yeah, that's the score I have. I have the score 20. 20- uh, 35-28. That's the final one I have. Well, we'll go with 35-31 All right. for now. As long as it doesn't change who won, we're not wrong on that. Great Collegiate uh, won uh, and will be advancing in the two-way playoffs to face um, Abbeville. The dream matchup, really, in 2A. Great Collegiate and Abbeville. Okay. All right. And let's see. In the fourth quarter, Bamberg Earhart is up big on cross. This is in the 1A lower state, Bamberg Earhart 41, cross 6. Bamberg Earhart will advance to play either Johnsonville or Lamar in the lower state final. Bamberg Earhart leading 41 to 6. And uh, let me see if we have any kind of score yet on that other game. Um, And we don't at this point. So. I think we are up to date. Let me just double-check one other source here, and then we'll hit the break, and then we'll 
start to get to some uh, reporters who are calling in with stories on tonight's games. Um, just want to double-check one more time before we go to the break and see. Yep, we got a final. Thought we might. Uh, Johnsonville has beaten Lamar. Johnsonville 14, Lamar 12. Johnsonville 14, Lamar 12. So Johnsonville will advance to play Bamberg-Earhart once that Bamberg-Earhart game goes final. Again, Bamberg-Earhart comfortably ahead uh, in that one. All right? And so you got that. And the West Side game has gone final. Uh, West Side defeats Midland Valley tonight, 68-53. to Can't wait to see some of the offensive numbers from that. 68-53 West Side over Midland Valley. What an offensive shootout uh, in that one. Okay, um, there you go. Everything is in for now. So we've got uh, almost all the finals. We've got Greenville leading Northwestern. Um, barring a collapse, uh, the Red Raiders are going to advance. Looks like Brooklyn Casey's going to advance and beat uh, uh, Crestwood and move on. And Bamberg Earhart's going to advance and uh, beat Cross and move on. Everything else is final. Uh, we go to the break and we'll come back to get some uh, reports. And also David Shelton. He is now ready to rock and roll with us as well. Can't wait to get his thoughts on some of these games and also hear from our reporters out in the field as well. We'll be back. It's the High School Football School Board, and it's brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union all across the state of South Carolina. We're back in just a moment. Looking for a way to fight back against inflation? One viable way to help your money stay relevant during inflation is through investing. To a new investor, investing can feel like a puzzle. With so many pieces to consider, it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance along the way, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. When you're ready to find the pieces to your financial plan, call 866-739-7064 to speak with one of our specialists or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn about how we can help you identify the key pieces to your financial plans. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, and not NCUA insured. Not guaranteed by credit union and may lose value. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. 
So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there. Offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Welcome back, everybody, to the high school football scoreboard. It is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union, now joined by David Shelton of the High School Sports Report and the Charleston Post and Courier. And uh, great to have you back with us, David. And uh, tell us about uh, the game you were at tonight down in the Low Country. Then we'll dive into some of these other games. Well, I mean, it was a uh, it was a uh, six nothing lead for Barnwell early in the game, about midway through the first quarter. First touchdown, Oceanside has given up uh, in the playoffs, and then Oceanside scored the next forty three. Yeah, uh, and really, really didn't give Barnwell much. They forced a bunch of punts in the first half. After that first drive, it was, you know, Barnwell hit hit a couple of passes in the second half. But the game was decided, and, and Oceanside moves on 43-6. to six. And uh, they will host Hampton County, which should be a really, really good game. Two really good defenses, very physical teams. I was talking to Oceanside's coach, Chad Wilkes, after the game, and he said just a little bit that he's seen on film. He said, wait, Ham- I mean, Hampton County is huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it'll be a good test, and it should be a really good lower state game. Look forward to it. Uh, let's talk about some of the games that have uh, also been completed in other parts of the state now. And let's begin in 5A. And I said, you know, Tom Knotts and company, they got to kind of be like the cat that ate the canary, uh, kind of winking at everybody. They beat Gaffney tonight and beat them soundly 35-10 to 10, uh, to move to the upper state final. And, you know, I mean, five weeks ago, everybody kind of um, – written Dutch Fork off and figured it just wasn't going to be their year and we are going to have another, uh, you know, somebody else emerging from 5A. But here they are once again, a win away from getting back to the state championship game. Well, let's let's be honest. A lot of people wrote them off, but you know one that didn't, and that was me. Yeah. And I picked them, I picked them last week. I said they were going to beat Gaffney, and, and, and they, they put it on them tonight. I mean, I have to think about next week with J.L. Mann. Um, obviously, Dutch Fork will be favored having been there, done that. But, uh, you know, Tom Knott works a miracle. I was I was talking with a high school coach tonight at the game I was at, a former high school coach, and he thought he thought Gaffney's athletes were going to give Dutch Fork a problem. And I said, Coach, I'm willing to bet you a barbecue dinner or whatever you want to bet. I tell you, you don't give up Tom Knott's in the playoffs. And, he wouldn't bet me because he wasn't real confident. But uh, saw him after the game, and he's like, "You called it." Hmm. So you know they got to win another one. Um, but but they they certainly showed uh, their their true medal tonight, uh, and they have in the playoff. And they get the host next week. Yeah, you know, JL Man has never been in this position, and uh, you know they've obviously got a really good team. But I mean, I don't I don't know how you pick against Tom Knotts and Dutch Fork next week. I really, I really don't. It okay, would be an upset. Uh, I'll just say that. If they lose, it would be an upset. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's welcome in Chris Deering from Prep Zone SC. 
and he was at the uh, Skiza State Championship game tonight uh, down in uh, in Charleston at the Charleston Southern University where they're holding those state championships this weekend, and he was at the big one for the four A's, Lawrence Manning and Hammond. Hammond wins it, Chris, 28-21. Was it uh, something that went right down to the wire? Oh, most definitely, Phil. Um, you know, this is seven in a row for Hammond. Uh, this has probably been the toughest one in that stretch. Um, they trailed 14 to nothing early. Uh, again, 21-20 in the fourth quarter. And after that, uh, Lawrence Manny touched down and put them up 21-20. Um, uh, they got a tur- Hammond was able to get a turnover deep in uh, Lawrence Manning territory. And a couple plays later, Andrew Turner found Mike Tyler for a 32-yard touchdown pass with just over six minutes to go. And that was the winning points. Uh, Hammond turned it over to their, their, to their defense that, that's been really good all season long. And um, Lawrence Manning got it back to midfield but couldn't get, uh, get any closer. And, you know, it's hard to beat seven in a row. That, that's uh, – that's pretty good company. I don't know if anybody in the state's done it seven times in a row at any level. Um, so you got to keep your hat to Hammond and what they've accomplished uh, at that program. Oh, no question about that. The consistency going from one coach to another, and, and there's been no drop off from when Eric Kimry was there uh, to the changeover. They've just uh, they've just kept it rolling. Yeah, you, you thought maybe this year with, with the losses they had off of that team last year. A lot of really good senior players on on that team. You thought maybe this was the year, and then you know they go out early in the season and they get walloped by uh, Prince Avenue Prep, a really good program out of Georgia, and then they lose to Grace Collegiate Big, both of them on their home field. And you think you know that they're playing three and four quarterbacks every single game, and you're thinking really is this the this the year that they don't win it? And um, early in the season they beat this Lawrence Manning team twenty to six, and I right after those two losses, and I think that sort of righted the ship and, and got him back going in the right direction. And, you know, John Wheeler does a great job. He's got G.A. Mangus calling ball plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Barnes is the offensive line coach. He's been here forever. Uh, Jay Fry, former coach at uh, Richmond Northeast and a former South Carolina player, is on the defensive staff. So he's got a really good staff in place as well. So they, they just able – they were able to, you know, circle the wagons and – get everybody on the same page, and, and, yeah, they win seven in a row tonight. That's unprecedented in the state of South Carolina. Uh, tell us about the game atmosphere and, uh, you know, what was it like, uh, the crowd and all that kind of stuff? Pretty good pretty good crowd on both sides. Uh, I got here at Charleston Southern early, which is a good thing because I saw the kick off at 730. It was actually a 7 o'clock kick. Hmm. Um, but, but I had a DJ out here in the parking lot, and, you know, people were having a good time. I, I thought – Lawrence Manning maybe brought a little bit more people in Hammond. It was sort of hard to tell. You know, Hammond was the home team on the on the larger side down here at Charleston Southern, but they had a good crowd. You know, several college coaches on, on hand that I was able to see um, checking out some guys. Mike Tyler, the, the junior tight end. I know he's got offers from, I think, Louisville and Cincinnati and a couple other, you know, big-time programs. And he showed why tonight with that touchdown catch. Um, pretty much, you know, one-on-one coverage in the end zone. He just went up over the guy and, and caught it. Uh, so, a pretty big-time catch by him. But it was a great atmosphere, you know. I, I've been gone for a few weeks, Phil, as, as we've talked about, like, you know, off the air. And it was nice to finally get back out and, and be in the in the midst of everything and, and 
seeing the state championship one tonight. So I'm glad to get back out and be able to call in and report. Absolutely. You can't find good high school football in China, can you? No, I don't think they have a lot of good high school football in China. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Then I came back and, and got sick, and I was actually on the I was on the questionable list at about 12 o'clock today. Uh, but I made a little bit of a rally and they was able to come down and glad to be able to do it and, and you know bring these kids the 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 what they deserve. You know they they work hard. All these kids work hard, and you know it's, it's just a good good thing to get back out here and be able to report on them. Well, we'd expect nothing less from a Berkeley Stag. Uh, thank you, and glad you're feeling better, and uh, we appreciate the report. Have a great weekend. All right, thank you, you too. Thank you, pal. we got another state champion to announce. Jefferson Davis wins the eight-man skis a championship, defeating Holly Hill Academy 20-14. to We'll be back after the break. Welcome back, everybody. It is the High School Football Scoreboard brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. It's round three tonight across the state of South Carolina. If you're just joining us, here are the finals. In 5A, Dutch Fork 35, Gaffney 10, J.L. Mann 21, Hillcrest 13, White Knoll 35, Sumter 7, and Somerville 63, Carolina Forest 35. In 4A, Greenville has defeated Northwestern. They had to hang on. I bet you there was a two-point conversion there at the end, and it failed. Greenville 42, Northwestern 41, or maybe there was a blocked extra point or something because they were up 42-28. So Northwestern obviously scored two touchdowns late and did not convert after that second one. 42-41, Greenville advances. Westside 68, Midland Valley 53, South Florence 42, Lancaster 22, and Irmo, 34, James Island, 7. 3A playoffs. Daniel, 49. Chester, 20. Belton, Honeypath, 27. Clinton, 24. Camden, 35. Gilbert, 28. And Brooklyn, Casey, 53. Crestwood, 27. 2A, Abbeville, 16. Silver Bluff, 6. Strom Thurman and Gray Collegiate. Gray Collegiate wins it, 35-31. Hampton County, 37, Andrew Jackson, 21, and Oceanside Collegiate, 43, Barnwell, 6, 1A, Christchurch, 27, Blackville Hill to 7, Southside Christian, 14, and they lose, I'm sorry, let's make that St. Joseph's, 27, Southside Christian, 14, Johnsonville, 14, Lamar, 12, and Bamberg Earhart, 41, cross 6. Skiza, as you just heard from Chris Deering. From the Prep Red Zone, Hammond 28, Lawrence Manning 21. That's in 4A. That's a championship. An eight-man championship, Jeff Davis 20, Holly Hill Academy 14. Now, back to the phones. Monty Dutton joins us. And uh, Monty Dutton was at the Clinton and Belton Honeypath game. Monty, BHP edges it out 27-24. Must have been a heck of a game. Well, it was just about the type of game you'd expect. You're not going to find two more aggressive teams. And uh, Marquis Henderson of Belton Honey Pass had in the range of 31 carries for 165 yards. The game began horribly for Clinton because Clinton began with a lousy kickoff return, a lousy punt, 
and Henderson went 40 yards for a touchdown on their first play. However, Twin came back, and it was close until, you know, it was um, Twin had they had three touchdowns. Two were by Tay Cook on short runs after they were set up. But the big story for Twin was that Twin's quarterback, Deshaun Richardson, rushed for 145 yards and passed for 120. And his night was one of being versatile, of making something out of nothing. And I guess in the end, you'd have to say that he could run, but he couldn't hide. Hmm. And and BHP, you know, they they Twinning played a a stubborn, you know, made every yard tough. But when it came down came down to the end, Twinning did get a late touchdown on Zay Johnson catching a touchdown pass. But um, it was a very close, hard fought game, and both teams were fantastic. But I, I'd have to say that uh, that Belton Honeypath was a deserving winner on their home field. But it was a fantastic, it was a fantastic battle of wills, and about as about as aggressive and hard hitting uh, a football game as you'll see these days. What did you think of the Henderson kid, the running back, the junior running back from BHP? Well, you know, it's a good means of comparison because a week ago. Uh, Clinton held uh, uh, Bruce running back had 1,700 yards and he had five against Clinton. Well, this kid had went over 2,000 and he had over 900 coming into the game, and he is not, you know, he is he's really fast, but he has remarkable leg drive. He's not very big. He's like 5'10", 170, and he's remarkably powerful for that. But but, but he's you know, uh, Clinton still made it. His yard's tough, but he's the better back, I'd say. Means is now back from the broom. Yeah. So, tough loss for Clinton. They've had another great year. Corey Fountain's doing a wonderful job. How much do they have coming back next year to look ahead to a 24? Well, last year was the year that Clinton really lost a million people. They uh, they they had 25 seniors and, uh, you know, a lot of a – lot of, this year – they have they have a, a major college recruit in, in Zay Johnson. But the big thing is, is I think when you get right down to it, it's just about what you would expect. Clinton was, had a lot of talented players, but they were thin. And they were hurt by injuries this year more than last year. Clinton's JV program is one of 45. They'll be a little, they'll have a little more depth. And also their superlative quarterback will be back. Well, Monty, we hope you'll be back with us in 2024. Can't tell you how much you add to the show, how much we appreciate your uh, weekly calls uh, following the Red Devils. I know that not only is something that you enjoy doing from a a working standpoint, but it's near and dear to your heart. So thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy your high school offseason. I know you still got Furman to follow, but uh, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, I'm looking real forward to that noon kickoff in Spartanburg tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Safe travels, and thank you very much. All right. Take See care. You later, Phil. Monty Dutton. Monty Dutton. Thank you, Monty. We go to uh, Scott Keeler, and Scott was uh, on hand tonight uh, in the upstate, and he was watching Hillcrest and Man, and Man, oh, Man, Man wins it 21 13. I, uh, I don't know. My memory doesn't go back 100 years. I can't remember man being this deep in the playoffs, Scott. 
Uh, thank you for joining us. Tell us about this game tonight. Well, Jail Man tonight doubled its uh, third-round win total. They, they were the state runner-up in 1984. Okay. The time they've won a third-round game. So, yeah, they Hillcrest is the only one won third-round game as well when they won the state title about seven years ago. Um, so this was interesting tonight in the fact that this game was a classic three weeks ago to end the regular season. Jail Man won 42-35. There were about three touchdowns in the last – 90 seconds of that game, and uh, Mann pulled it out. And with that victory three weeks ago, that meant Mann has been home all three rounds of the playoffs, and Hillcrest has been on the road all three, three rounds of the playoffs. An interesting thing that happened that night, Hillcrest quarterback got injured in the second quarter and left. He came back last week at Burns when he threw for 250 yards and they won at Burns. So you kind of got the feeling, well, he's back this week. Who knows what's going to happen? Hillcrest led 13 to seven at the half, and then Man comes out on its first two drives of the second half. They have a very, they have a good balanced offense, but they but they pass it more than they run it typically. Well, they came out running in the second half and got two touchdowns, sandwiched around a three and out by its defense, and shut Hillcrest out the rest of the way, 21-13. Man's defense since that 42-35 game in the regular season. At Hillcrest, man's defense has been unbelievable in the playoffs. Wow. Fantastic. Since 1984, that's the last time they got this far. Did Hillcrest down eight points? Did Hillcrest mount any kind of a, a late threat to be in a position to maybe oh, tie the game? Did. Oh, they did. And that's when man's defense really, really stepped up. Um, Hillcrest had three drives tonight of 16, 12, and 15 plays and got no points out of any of the three of them. And the last one, that 15-play drive, was ended in the middle of the fourth quarter. They had fourth and two at the man eight. They put in a Mr. Football finalist, Avery McFadden, um, who's got every Hillcrest record in the books pretty much this year. Um, they put him in at the Wildcat quarterback. And man's Joel Crespo, who had a pick six last week in the win over Spartanburg, I mean, he arrived a split second after the ball and dropped McFadden for a five-yard loss. And people just don't tackle, tackle Avery McFadden one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But Joe Crespo, that man defense, Joe Crespo, that man defense did it then. And uh, that pretty much, you had the feeling right then that this game was kind of over, even though it was middle of the fourth quarter in an eight-point game. Okay, you're right there. <laughs> Sound like you dropped something. I don't know what that is. That's not that's, – no, 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 that's not – I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm driving. Okay. And I'm not hitting anything, so I don't know what's going on. Be um, careful. But, uh, Be careful. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm fine. But, yeah, man, shut out Blythewood in the first round. Man got 91 yards of total offense last week. They got two pick sixes in the 17-7 win over Spartanburg. And, like I said, tonight they, they shut out Spartanburg in the last three quarters last week. They shut out Hillcrest in the, in the second half tonight. Um. So they're really getting it done on defense. Yeah. How do they feel about playing Dutch Fork? I know that probably hasn't sunk in because they're celebrating this, but yeah. uh, they know that's that elephant in the room is waiting for them next week. Well, it's kind of ironic. I was telling the man coach afterwards, you know, the last – I think the last Greenville County team to play Dutch Fork in the playoffs was that Hillcrest team that won the state title by stunning Dutch Fork that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's kind of, so it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, they're going to try to – do it one round earlier this year from Greenwood County. <laughs>
Scott, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully we'll hear from you next week. If you're at a ball game, let us know. Otherwise, we appreciate yes, it. And have a great weekend. I know you'll be at Furman and Wofford tomorrow covering them. So thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you very much, Scott Keeler, with that story. And let's get the story on the Sumter game as we um, kind of, let's see, touch on most of these uh, 5A games. A white no big over Sumter tonight, 35-7. Bruce McNeil, voice Sumter Gamecocks. Well, you had to call it on the short end tonight, didn't you? Yeah, rough, uh, rough final ending for those seniors. Uh, the finality hits you quickly, I guess, when you know you're losing and you just feel like you've always got more time. And Sumter couldn't do enough tonight because there wasn't enough space to go with the time that they had. White Knoll defensively had the, the reputation and the bug that went with it, and they lived up to it. Uh, Sumter, I think, collectively tonight fell only about 77 yards on the ground. Uh, the holes that would open up were just as quickly closed, and they just could not sustain drives and uh, got picked off three times. Uh, their first attempt to score was a field goal that got blocked and returned for a touchdown. That was the only score in the first quarter. And then White Knoll had a late march in the second quarter and scored with about 20 seconds left to put them up two scores. And they just couldn't get anything going, you know, offensively, and the defense was getting tired. And it was just one of those things. They got a late pick six in the second half, and finally Sumter got a touchdown late in the game. But uh, by then it was all all said and done. And White Knoll, Somerville should be great. Oh, yeah, that should be a dandy. Um, disappointing uh, ending for Sumter for this year. Another really good year, but not where they want to be. I mean, I'm sure that they begin every season thinking they're going to be playing for a championship and um, came up short this year. Uh, what about the future for this this program? What comes back? Where should they be next year? Well, they've got a lot of junior talent that will come back, both Cam Fortune and John Peoples at tailback. They'll have Anthony Addison back, and they will have Jordan Lowry back, two of their defensive ends, part of that three-man front. Uh, They've got a starting cornerback that will come back, Bryce Allen. There's a lot of young talent coming up. Sumter is a big enough school. I don't think they think about reloading or rebuilding. It's more about reloading and, and just restocking the cupboard. There's a freshman quarterback that played a little bit this year, Franklin Richardson. He's already about 6'1 and 196 pounds. And I remember the first play he played in mop-up, he took the ball and ran like 40 yards for a touchdown. So I think they will have a strong ground game. They graduate at least four seniors out of the starting O-line. But there's a lot of talent coming back and kids that got to play this year. They've got some depth in the secondary. They'll have some good receiver talent coming back. So I think they'll be pretty formidable. Well, hey, Bruce, great job once again all season long. Really appreciate you taking time out after a a long night to join us every week here on the scoreboard and telling us about the Sumter Gamecocks. We appreciate it. Uh, Have a great Thanksgiving, a great offseason. Talk to you soon. Phil, that sounds great. Okay, thank you. I think his cell just, just gave out there at the very end. All right, Bruce McNeil. With the story there on Sumter's loss to White Knolls, White Knoll and Somerville next week, and Dutch Fort uh, J.L. Mann next week. We'll get David's thoughts on those pairings and more after the break. 
Uh, we'll get more reports on as well as they roll in and go back over the scores too. If you uh, are just joining us, you don't know all the scores, stay tuned. We'll get that to you as well. We'll also drop in some basketball scores tonight. We'll have time. A lot of basketball tonight involving uh, state teams. And, of course, South Carolina still has a game to play tonight at uh, 1130 against DePaul out in Phoenix. So they'll be playing into the wee hours. We're back in a moment. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step towards reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions played it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Farm Bureau Insurance's agriculture roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Welcome back, everybody, to the high school football scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblut and David Shelton and Josh Cohen all connected, various parts of the state. And let's go to Thomas Grant, who was on hand to watch Duck, uh, Dutch Fork and Gaffney. Dutch Fork wins it 35-10. to 10. And, Thomas, thank you for joining us. Uh, boy, I mean, the score indicates domination by the Silver Foxes. And I guess there's no other way to put it. They dominated this game? Well, to, I mean, basically you could put it this way. Daphne only amassed 168 total yards. They were held to 54 passing yards. And then this is the first game since 2016 when they lost 46-2 to to Northwestern that they went without an offensive touchdown. The only touchdown they scored today came on a block punt on the on Dutch Horse first drive 
that um, Chrisson Sims returned 25 yards from a touchdown. Dutch Hook responded with um, a eight-play, 65-yard drive to tie the game that ended with the first of two touchdown runs by Ethan Austin. He once again he came in in place of Jonathan Hutt, who's still dealing with a hamstring. But for the most part, he seemed to guide the offense. Um, the big thing was he didn't commit any turnovers because basically the defense took care of everything else. I mean, it is, in particular in, in the second half where they did not uh, – I think they only picked – they definitely only had at least three first downs, and Riley Staten only completed three passes, and he ended up not completing his last six passes. He finished 7-24 to for 54 yards, while Austin was through for 188 yards, rushed the two touchdowns, and then he threw one touchdown to Trenton Lodge, who also scored the dagger, so to speak, to put the game away. And but basically it's been all about Dutch Forks defense. It's just this right now there's hardly a team they right now there's not a team they see that's still left in the postseason they don't believe they can shut down. And hmm. especially at home, this was their this was their seventeenth straight home playoff win going hmm. back to twenty fifteen. And now they got a home game against Dale Man which and the funny thing is this will be the first time both they faced each other. They've never faced each other before. Well, if you're J.O. man, be careful what you wish for <laughs> because, I mean, Dutch Fork is Dutch Fork. Uh, and, and what a turnaround for them. Uh, Thomas, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Look to hear from you next week. You have yourself a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Thomas. Let's go to Andrew Miller from the Charleston Post and Courier, or as they like to call it down there, the Post and Courier. Uh, he was at James Island and Irmo tonight. Uh, and another uh, Columbia team advancing, 34-7. Uh, Andrew, uh, Yellow Jackets, uh, pretty good. Great offense and terrific defense tonight. Yeah, I think I was more impressed with their defense than I was their offense. James Island has been a really good offensive team. I've seen them play probably a half dozen times over the last two years. Haven't really seen anybody slow them down. Uh, they've been able to pass the ball. they got a really good quarterback, really good running game. And give Irmo credit, they just dominated both of the lines of scrimmage offensively and defensively. Um, the, run, the running back went over 2,000 yards for the season tonight mm. at 161 yards unofficially and a touchdown. And then A.J. Brand, their quarterback, <clears throat> excuse me, rushed for 115 yards and then threw uh, and two touch, scored two touchdowns and then threw another TD right at the end of the game. What did you think of him? I mean, you're a guy – historically, who loves to evaluate quarterbacks. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think he's pretty good. He's only a junior. I know that there are some, you know, FCF schools that like him. And, again, um, uh, the running back, uh, Alan Hendricks, I think that's is that his last name? I, I believe that's correct. Hmm. Um, he um, He's already got offers from Chattanooga, the Citadel, and Wofford. I know the Citadel. I cover the Citadel. I know they are very, very interested in him and hope they will come. He will come to the low country next season. But, yeah, that quarterback, he's legit. He's pretty good. Uh, really good feet, makes good decisions, doesn't take uh, too many chances there. And, um, no, I was really impressed with uh, I was really impressed with their whole team athletically. Again, I hadn't seen a team down this way that has been as physical as James Allen has been the last two seasons. And Irmo was the more physical team tonight, no question about it. Yeah, that's something when you talk about that in James Allen is – as good as their defense has been uh, this year, last year, too. 
Okay, Andrew, thank you, man. Um, appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow with uh, Citadel if you're, if you're following those guys. And uh, talk to you again soon, and we really appreciate it. No problem, Phil. Talk to you next time. All the best, buddy. Thank you. Okay, Andrew Miller from the Post and Courier. All right, David, we gave you a little bit of a break there. You could take a quick nap, maybe eat a ham sandwich and, uh, and join us. Um, from listening to all those I reports. definitely ate. <laughs> I definitely ate. <laughs> I we're was looking, hungry. We're looking out for you. So, uh, go. you know, think about those reports and uh, what caught your attention. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I think everything that I – of the reports, nothing caught my attention because I'd already knew the details. But okay. I tell you, that game at Westside, uh, Westside in Midland Valley, um, Travion Dunbar, the running back from Midland Valley, went over 3,000 yards. He scored eight touchdowns. But apparently he can't play defense because Westside put up, what, 67 points? Uh, I, got that offense, that Brian, I got him with 68. Yeah, yeah whatever. A lot of points. How do you and, score uh, eight touchdowns? How does one guy score eight touchdowns? Well, you hand him the ball, and then he crosses the goal line, and it, well, okay. it, it happens that way. I mean, I, I know you're from Lada, and y'all don't score a lot of touchdowns, Ooh. but that's kind of that's kind of the way it works. And uh, but you know that that game next week between Greenville and Westside, the rematch. Westside beat Greenville uh, earlier in the year, but that is going to be some points. That that's a big story. Northwestern was my pick to win the upper state, and they get knocked out by a point tonight. So Greenville Westside is going to be a great 4A upper state game. Absolutely. Okay, hang on, David. We'll be back after this top of the hour break. Don't go away. This is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Coming up, scores and reports from across the state and analysis from David Shelton. The scoreboard is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Relax, you're with Founders. Now your host for the high school scoreboard, Phil Kornblut. And welcome back, everybody. It is hour number two of the high school football scoreboard here across the state of South Carolina, brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Thank you to Founders Federal Credit Union for everything you folks do for high school football in South Carolina. You are great, great supporters, and we really appreciate it. We appreciate your involvement, your partnership with what we do here on the high school football scoreboard. David Shelton is with us, and Josh Cohen is back at our studio's in Columbia. Uh, let's go over the scores one more time for those of you who just might be joining us because you've been doing something else. What have you been doing on a Friday night? You should be focused on high school football. Here's what it looked like in 5A. Dutch Fork 35, Gaffney 10, J.O. Mann 21, Hillcrest 13, White Knoll 35, Sumter 7, Somerville 63, Carolina Forest 35. In 4A, Greenville 42, Northwestern 41, Westside 68, Midland Valley 53, South Florence 42, Lancaster 22, Irmo 34, James Island 7, 3A, Daniel 49, Chester 20, Belton Honeypath 27, Clinton 24, Gilbert 28, make that, I'm sorry, let's correct that, Camden 35, Gilbert 
28, Camden 35, Gilbert 28, and Brooklyn Casey 53, Crestwood 27 in two-way. Abbeville 16, Silver Bluff 6, Gray Collegiate 35, Strom Thurmond 31, Hampton County 37, Andrew Jackson 21, and Oceanside Collegiate 43, Barnwell 6 in 1A, Christ Church 27, Blackville Hill to 7, St. Joseph's 27, Southside Christian 14, Johnsonville 14, Lamar 12. Hey, David Shelton, do you know who hey. won when, when Latta played Johnsonville in the regular season? Do you know who won that game? Huh, huh, huh? Um, I'm assuming Latta did. That's right. Latta's only did loss you know that, in the regular season was to Lamar. Did you know that Latta lost uh, in the first round of the playoffs and shot out by a number three seed? Understand. Understand that. Okay. I'm just saying. Football has a funny, fickle fate to it. Bamberg Earhart, yes, 41, and Cross, 6. I'm not taking anything away from Johnsonville. Congratulations to the Flashes. That's a tough That's a tough region there, Johnsonville, Lamar, Latta, Lakeview. That's a tough region. Uh, and Skis a Championship, congratulations, Hammond in 4A. Seven straight championships, 28-21 over Lawrence Manning. And congratulations, Jeff Davis over Holly Hill Academy in eight-man, 20-14. to 14. Okay, we have uh, more reporters standing by. So let's go to Travis Jenkins and uh, Travis from the News and Reporter up in Chester joining us tonight with that story on the Chester game. Chester uh, trying to advance, uh, get past Daniel. A little bit too much, however. The Lions win it 49-20. Travis, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it was a great night, Phil. I had, uh, you know, pulled pork and smoked chicken and the jalapeno cheese grits at the second <laughs> So things kind of went downhill after that. Yeah, I understand. That can happen um, pretty quickly against Daniel. Yeah. Um, you know, they um, – it was a close game for the first half. Uh, 21-12 with about and about two minutes left before halftime. Chester drove, uh, I think, to the Daniel eight. Had a chance to score, take some momentum into the half, and then we're going to get the ball to start the third. So that could have been a pivotal moment. But then Chester got called for consecutive holding penalties. The only two holding penalties of the entire night, by the way, for what it's worth, but mm-hmm. on either team. Uh, then gave up a sack. Ended up punting. Actually got an interception with 40 seconds left, drove to the 40, uh, then got called for an offensive pass interference. So that that was a big missed opportunity for them. They get the ball to start the third, go three and out. Daniel scored two quick ones, and that 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 was kind of that. You know, they Daniel didn't really run the ball especially well against Chester, and they didn't attack the field deep. But um, that the quick perimeter passing game was effective for them. Their screen game was good, and then. When um, Chester safety, uh, David Taylor, left, I, I believe I, I was told with a broken arm, unfortunately. Mm. That kind of opened things up in the middle of the of the field for Daniel. And honestly, Chester didn't play particularly well, um, missed some opportunities, ran, ran the ball really well. Uh, I think had probably close to 200 yards on the ground, but the passing game wasn't as efficient as it was, uh, certainly not as, as much as it was last week against Chapman when it was especially crisp and um, you know, good year for the Cyclones, but tough, tough to go over to, to win at Daniel for sure. 
Always tough, always tough. How good, in general, how good did this Daniel team look to you from the other side? Uh, good, uh, very good. Again, they didn't run the ball especially well against Chester, but that, that the short passing game and their, their, their screen game were especially effective. And, uh, you know, very solid on special teams. Defense was really good. Um, so I, 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 this, that game against BHP next week should, should be a war, I would imagine. Chester, how much they got coming back next year? Uh, Chester was actually a fairly young team this year. Uh, the seniors they had um, were very productive. I mean, you had uh, Elijah Coleman, who's a North-South All-Star, um, uh, Antonio Hopkins, who, who was a Shrine Bowler, that linebacker and running back, Reggie Heath, big play guy, receiver and defensive back, uh, Kyan Kennedy, defensive end, tight end. But then I think they lose one offensive lineman, but that was actually that's actually about it. Um, they're, they were they're pretty young everywhere else, so uh, have to kind of wait and see how things go with realignment. May may be looking at Chester being two A next year, possibly. Uh, from what I understand, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be close, but almost certainly the last time Chester and Daniel will meet in the playoffs, at least for a while, because I don't think they're going to be in the same classification going forward. They've they've been pretty. I think that's the third time they've met each other in the playoffs in the last four years. So, Well, one thing for sure. Maybe the last time we said that for a while. Yeah, one thing for sure, Victor Floyd can coach, and he'll have whatever he's got. He'll have it ready to go next year. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, have a great holiday, a great Thanksgiving. We appreciate all the phone calls from you uh, throughout the season. Look forward to seeing you down the road, maybe the All-Star Game Shrine Bowl. And then uh, back with you next year. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Phil. Thank you, Travis. Travis Jenkins. Appreciate him. He does a fabulous job with the News and Reporter, one of the top high school reporters in our state, and uh, knows his stuff extremely well. Uh, Before we get back to David, you know coaches love to hear from us this time of year because if they're getting a call from the scoreboard, uh, they have done something great. Or if they're calling us to talk to us, they have done something great. Let's welcome in the head coach, Anthony Rittenauer, who's uh, taking home a, a state championship for Jefferson Davis tonight. Jeff Davis defeated Holly Hill Academy, skis a eight-man championship, final score of 20-14. to 14. Coach, welcome in and congratulations. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having us. Yes, sir. Did you, uh, did you do the, I don't know, what did you dump on yourself? Gatorade, uh, champagne, Coca-Cola, what did you do? It was it was water tonight, and it was cold. <laughs> it was cold. Well, tell us about the game. Tell us about the win, and did it come down to the end? Did you have to hold on, come from behind? What was the ebb and flow? It, it was a uh, it was a pretty suspenseful game. I mean, they're a very good team, Holly Hill. Um, you know, ironically, this is the third time we've seen each other this season. Um, first time we won in overtime. Second time, they I think they got us by about 20 as we had a bad night. And then this was round three. So, uh, you know, we went up early, um, kept it kind of tight, tried to slow the game down. They're a, really, they're a real speed athletic team. And, you know, we wanted to try to control the clock and, and take the air out of it and, and it kind of pound on them. And uh, we were able to do that. And then they, they came and uh, had an onside kick recovery and took it down to the two- or three-yard line and punched it in and tied it up and, 
we were able to respond, and, and it was just kind of a back-and-forth defensive battle after that. And uh, I think they had the ball on about the 30, and uh, we were able to stop them with, uh, you know, less than a minute and a half to go and able to knee it out and, and take the win. So we're used to seeing eight-man scores that are like interstate highways, you know, 80-something to 70-something, et cetera, et cetera. You guys right. played some defense tonight, right? Where the defense come we, from? We, we, We've had an incredible defense all year long. Um, I think going into last Friday, our, our defense, the eight-man, was, was averaging, giving up about 14 points a game. Um, we, we just had a lot of real strong talent on the front line, you know, some really good linebackers, and, and we had some DBs that could, you know, cover the top all night long. So um, our defense has been just an animal all year. Mm-hmm. And, and offensively, you know, we've really had a ground-to-pound game. Um, you know, I've coached eight-man for a while now. I was declared a hall before I came to Jefferson Davis. And, you know, you find space and, and create quick scoring opportunities. Um, this year I realized early on that my front line and my running backs were just, you know, men amongst boys. And, and you know what, we can play we can play real power nose football with this team and, and keep the ball out of other teams' hands. And, you know, let's get the five and six yards, the four and five yards at a time. And, uh so all season long, you know, you look at eight-man schools, and and our score, uh, our scores aren't really like poking your eyes out. And you know, Jeff Davis, well, they only scored 30 points against them. And that's by design. Um, you know, we we kind of had that game plan all year. We had it the first two times we played Holly Hill. It didn't change tonight. It was just a a, a match of wheels, and and you know, getting dirty and and just breaking before we break type of game. And and that's what my boys did tonight. I'm proud of them. Yeah, good old-fashioned football. David Shelton, do you have a question for the coach? Yeah, Coach, I, I'm just uh, I'm curious as to what you did to change the culture there because I know a few years ago, JDA was not very good. Um, <laughs> they didn't win a whole lot of games. And, and you had had some success at Clarendon Hall, so obviously you knew what to do. But did you just get an, uh, an influx of talent or size or because, I mean, I don't think three years ago anybody would have said 2023 JDA is going to win a state title. Uh, not at all. Um, I think we had we had one young man transfer in this year, and he did help us a good bit on the line. Um, but you know, these kids really bought in, and and they really worked hard. Uh, they started believing in themselves. They hit the weight room hard in the off season. Um, you know, they they kind of got rid of that losing mentality and, and, you know, I had to beat it into them. You know, they have to believe in themselves and, you know, that starts with me believing in them and, and them actually believing that I believe in them. Um, you know, it was kind of the same story at Clare to Hall when, when I took over there, you know, they, they weren't doing very well in, in basketball or football. And I, I coached both and, um, you know, we turned it around there uh, the same way we're doing at Jeff Davis. So it's really just about, you know, reinventing the culture and getting these kids to believe in themselves and, and to go out there and work for you. You know, when, when you know your coach believes in you and he loves you, you know, you'll go out there and run into a brick wall for him. And, and these guys really put in the work this off season. I mean, they, they earned every bit of this. How do you plan to celebrate? Uh, a, a good night's sleep <laughs> and cutting the phones off in the morning and just uh, relax. It, it's been a, a very stressful few weeks. Um, you know, I'm the AD there as well. So basketball starting, I'm the head basketball coach for varsity. It's just been <laughs> chaos. 
<laughs> so, um, he ain't gonna rest much. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna take that 24, at least 24 hours, and I'm turning everything down and shutting it off, and and just gonna relax and enjoy time with my family and get ready to jump right back in the mix after Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, listen, you have a great Thanksgiving. We appreciate you uh, getting in touch with us. Congratulations, championships are. They're to be cherished because, as David pointed out, you guys uh, have come a long way in a short amount of time, and uh, who knows the next time you'll get one. So might be next year, might be down the road, but cherish this one and enjoy it. And thank you for being with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you all. You all have a good night. Thank, thank you. you. Anthony Rittenauer, Jeff Davis, uh, 20 to 14. I'm telling you, Phil, Phil I, I'm, I'm not joking because yeah. I – a few years ago, I want to say – maybe before COVID, 18, 19, I was writing some stories for the high school sports report, and Jefferson Davis was a school that got assigned to me. And I remember, I mean, football was just not good, and I didn't know how to write it. You know, I mean, it's just week after week after week. Um, but then, you know, when I knew when Anthony got the job, I was like, well, you know, he, he's won at Clarendon Hall. So, you know, it's eight-man football. You, you don't need 55 guys. You need about 20. And, and you've got to realize they beat Holly Hill Academy, who had won the last three state titles. And the only two games that Holly Hill Academy has lost in three years were this year to Jefferson Davis. So mm-hmm. this was not a fluke. This was, uh, this was a real deal for eight-man football. Well, congratulations to them. Job well done. And also Hammond won a Skiza championship tonight, 28-21 over Lawrence Manning, but what else is new? At seven in a row, so they got a championship for every day of the week uh, in their seven-game <laughs> winning streak. Now, let me refresh me here. Uh, Hammond, did they – not all those championships were 4A. Weren't they 3A for a while, then they added another yeah, division yeah. and moved them up to 4A? Yeah, Skiza went to to three divi- or four divisions like three years ago. So okay. 3A was the biggest. Yeah. So they won. They won seven at the largest classification in Skiza. Yeah. Um, you know, there's only like ten schools in 4A, um, but it doesn't. You know, there. You know, Ben Lippin, Cardinal Newman, Porter Gow was really good this year, mm-hmm. and 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 of course Lawrence Manning. So this was a more difficult trek for Hammond, so to speak. I mean, a lot of people just assume they're going to win it, but there were some challenges. I mean, there were some good teams in in the 4A Skiza ring. Yeah. Okay, we uh, go to the break and we'll come back with more uh, more analysis from David. And I think we'll try and hit up a couple of more coaches. Uh, hopefully uh, get in some more reports because um, I am hoping that uh, we're going to get something from Lou from the game he was at. He was at uh, Camden and Gilbert, I think. So, Lou, if you're listening, the line is waiting for you. And we'll be back after this break. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step toward reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. 
Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at secattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Along with David Shelton, Josh Cohen, Phil Kornblut on the high school football scoreboard tonight. Glad that you're with us. And it's been a great night. Uh, had some great games, had a few blowouts, uh, had some surprises. Uh, what you might expect in the third round of the high school playoffs, and now we'll have upper and lower state uh, championships next week and then on to the state championships at South Carolina State University uh, in a couple of weeks. So, David, let's start talking about uh, some of these teams advancing and some of these games tonight, and we'll get some other folks on here after the bottom of the hour break. But let's let's go. i tell you what, let's reverse things. Let's start in the 1A and uh, you got Christchurch advancing. You got St. Joseph's advancing in the upper state. So a couple of private schools, and they are, I don't know how many miles apart they are from one another, but I don't think it's very much. Uh, they both scored 27 points tonight, and they both played good defense. So it uh, should be a terrific matchup next week. Yeah, it will be. Uh, these are probably the two best teams. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, St. Joe's knocked off Louisville. A lot of people thought Louisville might might make it this far, but – St. Joe's beat them last week. So, obviously, St. Joe's is really good on defense. Christchurch probably got a little more offense, and I know they beat them during the regular season, but should be a very competitive game. And, I mean, like with what the high school league uh, did this week with the new system and the, the, the counter, the, the, the multiplier or what have you, for like St. Joseph's and Southside Christian and Christchurch, this rule will apply to, to these schools, right? So this might be their last go around in 1A. We can expect them to be bumped up to 2A, maybe 3A? I would guess uh, I would guess at least 2A. I, I don't know if they'll get all the way to 3A. It's, it's so hard to determine right now because, as I've said before, every school in South Carolina has got out-of-zone kids. Everybody. Everybody's got them. Um, so, so – 
you got to wait till the numbers come out. Uh, you know, if, if Christchurch has, you know, or St. Joe's, if they have, you know, more than 50% of their student body is out of zone, that's going to bump them to high 2A. But I really, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess in some instances somebody could be bumped up two, two classes. But, you know, when somebody goes up, somebody's got to come down, you know, unless they change the number of teams in each class, which they could do. They could make a 6A. We could have a 6A classification, um, and, and that would spread things out. But I would, I would be very comfortable in saying both St. Joe's and Christchurch and South Side Christian will be at least 2A next year. Yeah. All right, let's go. We'll pick up on the other uh, 1A games in a moment, David. But Lou Bajak from the state newspaper and GoGameCocks.com has joined us. Uh, he saw our, uh, our APB. He saw our, our Batman spotlight in the sky, and he has called us. Good evening, Lou. How are you? Hey, Phil and Dave. How are you guys doing? It's great Very to have brother. you. I was trying to figure out. I know you write about every team in the Midlands. I think maybe you were at Gilbert and Camden? That is correct. That was a fantastic Super. football game. Tell us about crowd, it, man. Great, Tell great us about atmosphere. it. It was, a, yeah. it was good. It was back and forth. Uh, Gilbert jumped out to a 14 nothing lead. Um, Camden, uh, and they're up 14 nothing going in for 21 uh, nothing. But Camden picked uh, picked them off. Um, I think it was early in the second quarter. We're able to score, make it 14-7. And then the Bulldogs scored right before half to make it 21-14. Or 14-14. Um, both teams scored on their only possessions in the in the third quarter is 21-21, and then Gilbert was up 28-21, um, but then uh, Camden answered. I think in the three-play drive, uh, Grayson White hit uh, uh, Jaw Mayrant tied at 28, and then uh, Gilbert got to about the 50. Uh, they got stopped. It was fourth and nine. They were going to punt, but they tried to fake punt. It, it was going to work perfectly. I mean. They're wide open, but the uh, the punter, who was also the quarterback, overthrew his receiver. So Camden got it there. We're able to march down and score. And Grayson White had a touchdown run to make it 35-28. Um, and then Gilbert got, I think, to the 30 of Camden, was intercepted with about two minutes left. But Camden couldn't run it out. And uh, Gilbert got the ball one last chance, so it didn't have any timeouts. They got it to about midfield. Uh, and then on the last play, uh, uh, Drake Braddock was sacked uh, to end the game by Grayson White, uh, Camden's quarterback. Yeah, I see where you noted that. I'm watching your video over and over again. Can you hang on? Because I want to talk to you more about this game and also about uh, a big playoff run for the Midlands teams. Can you hang with us? Sure, man. All right, we'll come right back to you here on the high school scoreboard brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. All right, welcome back, everybody. That's what I get for eating an olive during the break. Lou, you like olives? Olives. Say again. I love olives. Yeah, me too. It's weird. I can't stand them. It's it's weird when nobody asks you, Josh, if you like them. Wow. I I only care about Lou and David. David, you like olives? I I do not. I hate them. I went my entire life, which is pretty long to this point, not eating olives until about maybe six or seven months ago. And I just took one on a dare. I said, okay, I'm going to try one and finally see if I like it. And now I can't get enough of them. 
I don't know why. It's weird. I did the same. I did the same thing with broccoli. I did well, I not broccoli. eat broccoli until until about six eight months ago when I got sick. Doctor said, you know, you need to eat more vegetables and try some broccoli with some peas. Settle in love with it. Love it. <laughs> try spinach. Have you had spinach? I eat spinach salad, but I don't eat like cooked spinach. Oh no, you should try some cooked spinach with some garlic mixed in. No. Oh yeah, that's good. No. And no zucchini. No zucchini. Yeah. No. Uh, you know it's getting late. Lou, uh, thank you for holding, and I wanted to talk to you about um, what's going on in the Midlands because you made the point you got six Midlands teams going to play for um, the right to go to the state championship. So pretty strong showing for the Midlands. Yeah, no, re- really good showing. I mean, you, you knew, I mean, that coming in the season, Dutch Fork, you didn't know. But after their start, and then here they are, uh, they beat Gaffney, and the way things worked out, they, they get the host – now, uh, low, uh, uh, the upper state championship, White Knoll, maybe probably one of the best stories, not in the Midlands, but in the state this year, undefeated, and uh, they get to host uh, Somerville. Irmo has been dominant. I think they've been the, overall the most complete team in the area, and they get South Florence in a matchup of um, the defending state champs, and, and you got an all-local game. You got uh, – Camden and BC next week, so we're guaranteed at least one team in the championship. And then you got Gray and Abbeville. <laughs> There's no love lost between those two and, oh, and oh. one and two and two A, and uh, that, that should be a fun one uh, next week. I tell you what, mm, that'd be a pricey <laughs> ticket. I think that's that's going to be dandy. Uh, David, you got a couple of questions or comments for Lou? Lou, I'm I'm interested to know. Um, you know, Brooklyn Casey has been kind of close the last few years, and but they always seem to lay an egg in the playoffs. They never get this far. What is the, what do you, in your opinion, what what is the difference with this team as to you know they've had some good teams in recent years, but but this team just seems to have a different mojo to it. I think uh, their offense and defensive line, it starts with them. They're very physical, uh, but, and they kind of wear you down. And uh, Rusty Sharpie, uh, I don't. I think he's pretty underrated as far as uh, uh, X's and O's guys and uh, scheming, uh, working up a scheme, a different one each week. And uh, he's hit something uh, this year with the, the running game. Uh, they, they wear, they'll throw a, so many different formations at you with the running game. Will Young, I think, is pretty underrated. He, he's the quarterback, but also he's the. I think he's the leading receiver on the team as well. So when they do have to pass, and uh, he, he just uh, breaks free, and he's got they got a bruiser running back in Deshaun Washington, and uh, he's pretty strong. And that defensive line, I think, is pretty big. I think they had a. I know they had at least one defensive touchdown tonight. So yeah, it's been fun. And um, Camden, uh, uh, it's going to be a great matchup up front. I think uh, both teams are going to be able to put a lot of points on the board next week it should be a fun matchup oh yeah i think so lou uh you did a great job this week covering the activities with the the high school league the executive committee um monumental uh, decision i mean something never done before in south carolina to try to settle this situation about uh competition and and leveling the playing fields uh so to speak so, in your opinion, from all your years of covering things, is this going to is this going to resolve the issue now? Are people going to be happy on both sides of this line? I think they will initially, and like I think I heard you guys say, it's going to be interesting to see which 
I mean, you get, if you have a bunch of teams move up, okay, you move up from like 2A to 4, 3A and that, but if you still have the same amount of teams, where do you, like how many teams are going to be in 5A, how many teams are in 4A, uh, things like that. It's going to be interesting what the breakdown is. You, you're, you can, your number can increase, but yet how much is you're going to re- increase in classes? Like I said, Greg Gray will probably move up at least one class, maybe two in the, in the private schools, uh, at least one class, uh, two. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how, what Oceanside does, how many, uh, how much they they move up, and um, like I said, the mid about if you're about middle of the way 4A and then 5A, it's probably not going to affect you, but it'll be interesting. And then, um, like I said, at least they tried, at least something was accomplished. There's been so many years of talk, talk, talk. At least, at least they <clears throat> got something passed, and um, it's for two years. And if it doesn't work. Maybe, maybe try something different or tweak something, but at least we're going to have something different, and uh, at least there was an attempt and uh, something something made. So, I mean, these other teams that've been pushing for this, uh, they want their pound of flesh. They want they want these schools who've been winning uh, at the lower level now to be forced to move up and and not win so much. Maybe you know, take some lumps from from some bigger schools. Is that what they're hoping? Is that what they're expecting? Is that what's going to happen? That's what they're hoping, uh, and I don't know if it will be. I mean, but you take for instance, great collegiate basketball. I think they'll be able to compete on the 4A level. I mean, and with these, I mean, so you're, they're going to still be able to compete in that. So, and if they don't take their, I mean, I don't think some of the sports, like I said, they'll be able to compete. I think football is one of the biggest ones because numbers. Grave doesn't have a lot of numbers, but the guys they have are pretty good. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, uh, hey, you know, they could dominate 2A, and then if they go up to 3A, 4A and still winning, then, I mean, it's just so be it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm sure the 4A teams won't be happy. And then uh, I don't mm-hmm. want, I mean, <laughs> you can only move up one more classification. And, of course, we know they tried to do the separate playoff thing, but until that provides is taken away, uh, that's not going to happen, and um, at least not anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think guys, I think this this was the best uh, possible result of all the options. I just felt like this was the one that will calm the storm a little bit. But like I said earlier, there are a lot of schools, a lot of schools that have out of zone kids all mm-hmm. over every classification, not just one A's private schools. I mean, I could, I could, I could name some some schools right here in the Charleston area that have out of zone kids, but I think what's gonna where where you're gonna have to be careful is a school like Academic Magnet. You know, mm-hmm. they have almost their entire student population is out of zone because they're a magnet school and they they attack they test and they attract kids from all over the Low Country. Uh, they're zoned for North Charleston. A lot of those kids don't live in North Charleston. So you can't possibly put mm. academic magnet in 4A. Mm. So I think what's going to happen is is you're going to you're going to see when the numbers shake out, and then you're going to have appeals. And I think with schools like academic magnet, uh, Charleston Math and Science, Palmetto Scholars, and mm-hmm. I'm just talking about the ones down here, I think you'll see the executive committee give them some relief and maybe put them in three. Academic magnet has been 3A before, but there's no way. They could go to 4A. I mean, I mean, especially in football. Um, I, I, I just don't see it. So I think there's going to be some leveling out. Uh, a lot of people are excited 
But you know, I talked to some I talked to some ads this week, and they were like, "Yeah, we, you know, we got we got sixty or seventy out of zone kids, so we're going to probably go to five A, or we're going to go from three A to four A." And Lou, have you heard any talk about a a possible six classification? No, but maybe like a split championship, like you maybe like splitting like five A or like five A to two bracket, something like that. That. Uh a possibility it's basically six classification but yeah, yeah. i can see that happen but yeah. I, mean, I think you're going to see what i've i heard this tonight maybe you might see some teams i think this was sent out this week maybe you're going to see maybe some regions like 4a slash 5a region you know to make things easy on travel and you might not have right. the same classification in your own region and then because i think north carolina does that and where i'm from in ohio they do it you, you just do it on points or some, when you get your playoff qualifiers, and then, and then you separate things like that. So I think there's a, there's a lot of stuff sense. still to be worked out. Let me ask this question from, from the person who's the most ignorant of the three of us on the subject. Just wondering, why, don't, why are they counting every student uh, in this? Because this is an athletic question. Why, why not just apply this to athletes from outside the district who have come into the school instead of applying it? If I understand correctly, right, it applies to every student that comes outside your district and the multiplier is added. Am I right? Why not just apply it to the yeah. athletes that come from outside your district since this is an athletic question? Well, because that, that people are going to lie about who's an athlete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're going to cut. People, gonna wait, well, like, people lie? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, in yeah. high school, high school you know, people. Lie. You talk. You talk about. I, I think this came up. Uh, I don't know if it was in the executive committee meeting or something about, or I read, or I, I can't remember. But uh, you know, you got a piano player at an art, a school of the arts. That's a mm-hmm. piano player who also happens to be six three, two hundred seventy five pounds, and runs a four eight. You know, so uh-huh. oh, he's not an athlete, and all of a sudden he's on the football team. I just uh-huh. said, I, I think they did that because of the the. I mean, I may be wrong, Lou. You you can add to this, but I I think people were a little worried about who would count as an athlete. You know yeah. what I mean? And teams, maybe you're cutting your amount of. Uh, this was brought up, I think, in the committee. Yeah. Maybe. If cutting down on, hey, hey, instead of say like if your roster has seventy football players, hey, we're going to cut it. You're going to we're going to have fifty. Or same with basketball, we're going to only keep. Instead of 15 people, we're only going to keep 10, stuff like that. They were worried about, like, not kids not getting the, uh, the, the opportunity to play, I mean, to cut that, that way. Yeah, I think it's best to do the whole student body, and then you subtract the number of out-of-zone kids from that total. Then you multiply that by three, then you add it back. And, you know, like I, I, I think Oceanside, for instance, uh, they're at about 650 and they got about a hundred out of zone kids. I've been I've been told, so they would probably go to eight fifty, which would put them in three A. And and I think they would be fine with that. That would not be a four A number. Eight fifty. Yeah, that, that sounds. Good. And they've been they've been three A before, so absolutely. And so is Bishop England, and so is Academic Magnet. And I think where this this is all we're we're forgetting is it's a one A two A thing. It, it, this is for the 1As and the 2As because yeah. that's where most of the championships have been won by the yeah. private or charter schools or the, you know, the Grays and the Christ Churches and the St. Joseph's. This is to combat that, to give the 1A smaller rural schools a chance. 
you know, you remember Johnsonville last year lost in the state finals, and and Coach Cribb said in the post game, you know, we're the we're the public school state champion, mm-hmm. um, you know, because Christ Church was a private school. So I think that's where all this is coming about, but it's going to affect everybody. It'll affect every classification. All right, Lou, we're going to let you go because uh, Miss Bajak might be wondering where you are. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, and we really appreciate it. All right, guys, you have a good night. Thank you. Thank See you, you Lou. very much. Yep. My wife doesn't care where I am, and, uh, David, I don't guess yours does either. So we'll I just... don't have a wife. Oh, I do not have a wife. Well, you did. Nor will I ever, ever again have a wife. <laughs> Fool sorry, me I'm... once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm sorry I brought it up. I'm really sorry nah, I brought it it's, up. It's, it's perfectly fine. I'm going to have Thanksgiving dinner with my family, which includes my ex-wife, so we're we're good. I mean, we've obviously had a lot of pain in our family, so we've become a little closer. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the the the, the M word, the mar. No, we we don't. I don't. I don't. I don't talk in that language. It's getting late, man. Really late. Let's go to the break, <laughs> and uh, we'll reconvene on the other side. We got to get back through some of these games. Maybe we can grab a coach. Getting a little late, but maybe we'll find a happy coach who is up and uh, wanting to chat about uh, winning tonight and moving on. Thanks to Lou. That was great stuff, and an idea just popped into my head for our uh, state championship Friday night broadcast. I'll tell you about it later, uh, David. Be back after this break here on the High School Scoreboard, brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Looking for a way to fight back against inflation? One viable way to help your money stay relevant during inflation is through investing. To a new investor, investing can feel like a puzzle. With so many pieces to consider, it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance along the way, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. When you're ready to find the pieces to your financial plan, call 866-739-7064 to speak with one of our specialists or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn about how we can help you identify the key pieces to your financial plans. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, and not NCUA insured. Not guaranteed by credit union and may lose value. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Hello, friends. 
This is David Shelton, co-host of the Friday Night Scoreboard Show with Phil Kornblut. As many of you know my story, I've lost two sons to drug overdoses in the past 10 years. I want to tell you about my friends at Wake Up Carolina. Wake Up Carolina is a nonprofit recovery community organization dedicated to providing awareness, promoting education, and creating hope in recovery for our young adults, individuals, and families touched by substance use through collaborative community partnerships, trusted resources, and support services in Berkeley, Charleston, and Dorchester counties. The organization relies on private donors and state funding to make sure all their resources are free and open to the public. Call them today if you know someone who needs assistance. That's wakeupcarolina.org, phone number 843-972-8154. Don't wait until it's too late. Okay, back for our final uh, minutes tonight on the high school football scoreboard. Before we dive back into um, recapping things and looking ahead to next week, we do have a happy coach. I know the coaches, they do love it when they see their phone ring about this time on a Friday night, this time of the year. It's a call from us because they know know they've won. They've got more football ahead. We welcome in from Abbeville where it's all about the A. Coach Jamie Nichols. 16-6 Sixteen to six over Silver Bluff tonight. Congratulations, Coach. How are you? Ah, great to hear from you, Phil. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Especially now, I know this must have been a um, a tough one. This must have been a hard hitting uh, knee knocker kind of football game. It really was. Uh, you know, two of your traditional two A schools, Silver Bluff and Abbeville. We go back a long way and. A lot of respect for their coaching staff. The Angela does a great job, and their kids are tremendous athletes. And, uh, you know, I was really proud of our kids because we, we showed a little guts tonight to be able to beat that fine football team. Kind of give us the ebb and flow of the game. Um, did, did you did you control it the whole way, have a nice lead? Uh, did something happen late to give you the 10-point advantage? How did it play out? Well, it was a real, like you said, a slobber knocker. Uh, they were a real good football team with elite athletes. And, um, you know, I thought in the first half we controlled things fairly well, nine to nothing. But then in the third quarter, uh, they came out with their hair on fire, I feel. And, you know, they really defensively we bent, but we didn't break. And then they finally scored and made it nine to six. Uh, and then they had a couple of chances to tie the game up. And, um, you know, it was just one of your typical Abbeville Silver Bluff football games. It really was. David, got a question for the coach? Yeah, hey, hey, Jamie, uh, good, good to talk to you. I know we talked a couple of weeks ago about the, the upper state bracket and how you thought it was going to be extremely difficult. Um, Newberry was very competitive with you. Silver Bluff was very competitive tonight. Um, and now you, you get Gray, which most people thought it would be Gray and Abbeville next week. Um, but just talk about how your team has kind of persevered. This is not one of those Abbeville teams that people have been talking about all season. It's, you've quietly just put together a very solid season. Well, we're really young, David, as you well know. And, you know, we, we don't have the 10 seniors on the team, you know. And, um, but give our kids a lot of credit. You know, they fight hard. And, um, 
you know, just just really, really proud of them. The coach, uh, coach, the the matchup next week. Uh, shoot, let's don't beat around the bush. It's the it's the one everybody has sort of been looking forward to. Uh, how about you guys? I mean, I know you the old take it one week at a time sort of thing, but um, you knew down the road this could happen. Um, your players, at least among them, have they looked forward to this opportunity? Well, anytime you're planning, you know, you're practicing on Thanksgiving, you know, that's kind of, it means you, you've had a good year. Uh, you know, we have a lot of respect for Gray. Uh, Adam does an outstanding job, um, always athletic, and, you know, they're just, they're, they're the measuring stick right now in 2A football, and, um, you know, we look forward to the big, big challenge ahead. How do you feel you match up with them athletically, physically? Will it be a good matchup, not just on paper, but when you guys line up? You feel like you'll line up well against them? Yeah, I haven't seen them on film uh, yet. But, um, you know, I I just know they're really, really good. You know, if they beat Strong Thurman, you know, that says it all right there. Uh, You know, just, just, you know, our teams have played in the past and um, just a lot of respect for their program. Well, everybody respects yours. That's going to be a great game next week. Thank you for staying up late with us. Good luck, and we'll talk to you again soon. Tell David to put in for overtime. You're working him, you're working him a late hours these oh, days. He's so I tell you, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> he's so well paid, it's not even worth negotiating. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you guys and what you do for high school football. I really do. Well, thank you. We thank you, too. Thanks, Jamie. Always great to have you. Always great to have any of the coaches who are still winning and playing uh, and we appreciate them. All right, let's do this, David. We got to do Shelton says here in the last um, three minutes. We got to go quickly, so let's do it. Let's go Dutch Fork. J. L. Man Shelton says Dutch Fork. Let's do White Knoll. Ooh, Somerville, Somerville White Knoll coming mm. to Columbia. Shelton says. Whoo! I might change by Friday, but I'm gonna go Somerville right now. All right. Greenville and West West Side. Shelton says. Shelton says there'll be a hundred points scored in this game, and I think West Side will score the most. Hmm. South Florence, Irma. Shelton says. I'm going to go with Camps. I'm going to go. I think Irma is a great matchup, but I'm going to go with South Florence. Let's do Daniel and Belton Honey Path. Shelton says. Uh, you got to go with Daniel. I mean, they're just they just been the the guys. They're, they're very good. B.C. Camden, Shelton says. Another one that I, I really need to think about, but I'm going to, right now, since I'm under the gun, I'm going to go Camden because of their experience. Talking about him and Hall, and how about this one? Shelton says, Abbeville Gray Collegiate. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, there's going to be some great games next week. Uh, is that game at Abbeville? No, it's a Gray. Oh. Hmm. Okay. I'm. I, uh, Jamie's a good friend of mine. I'm going to have to go Abbeville. Hampton County, Oceanside. Chelton says. I think it'll be a very good game. I think it'll be very defensive and physical. And I think Oceanside will come out on the winning side. All right. Just got to give me the teams here. Christ Church, St. Joseph's. Shelton says. Christ Church. And Johnsonville, Bamberg Earhart. Shelton says. Bamberg Earhart. Beautiful. David, been a pleasure. Thank you, my man. Go eat some broccoli. Have a great weekend. (laughs) See you next week.
<laughs> Take care. David Shelton, thank you, Josh Cohen. Thank you, players, coaches, referees, concessions people, and all you players. Thank you. Have a great night.